All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to sit down with me. Um, for those that uh, might not be familiar, um, we have the the runner of the channel of Connecting the Dots, uh, which covers uh, a few things Tesla. Uh, but one of the things that really brought uh, my attention to your channel is the fact that you um, you the the way you sort of construct the the material and the way you show um, like like the last one that you did on the GM one, one of the recent ones that you did on how uh, essentially. Um, GM took uh, bailout money in the United States and essentially used it to grow their business in China. I found it super, super fascinating. Um, and after I saw that, I just found, uh, you know, I started uh, watching more of your stuff from beforehand as well. I just, I find your uh, content really, really interesting. And I just want to thank you for all the work that you do. And, you know, let's sit down and have a conversation about it and whatever comes up, uh, comes up. But I just want to say thank you for uh, taking the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so maybe we can start with... Uh, Kind of give us an idea of how you sort of uh, enter the Tesla world, how you got yourself familiar with that space, uh, sort of like your Tesla story, and then we'll take it from there. So what, so what comes out of it? Actually, it's a bit strange. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I say years ago, I worked in, a, I think it was like 2016 or something like that. I worked in a very, very uh, strenuous project. It was... We worked, it was agile, it was a lot of work, of, uh, hours into the night and so on. And after the project was over, I mean, after my term in the project, the project went on, but I went elsewhere, I just felt I had so much time on my hands. So I decided to check um, what I could do with this time. And I decided to just uh, follow my passions and so on. Mm -hmm. One of the things I like is doing presentations, talking to people. And another thing is I'm very curious. I want to see what, what happens with the future because I saw everything is changing so fast around me. Mm -hmm. And things that have been developed uh, it, that took us so long to develop beforehand, now it just happens so fast. So I want to check what happened, what's going on with the future. And I, went, I did a presentation about the future and it was nice, it was good. And, and then I dug on and did another one. And that one caught like fire because just went from uh, I went from going this doing this presentation to different audiences. I think about twenty nine times and so on. I changed it around the way. Hmm. And the main thing in that presentation was that the future is always changing, and it's going it's exponential. Hmm. And the things that we see right now are very slow. Consider. Uh, compared to what will happen in the future. And the main idea was, I showed there, there was like a GIF, it was like in 2018, the graphics and so on, very old and so on, very ancient compared to nowadays, but there was just a GIF showing like a climber climbing upon a wall, a rock. Mm -hmm. And I said, the exponent, the, the exponential that we're climbing is getting very, very steep. Mm -hmm. And what we have to do, we have to look forward so we won't fall. And then you see the guy from the falling from off the wall, mm. and then a parachute opens up. So I say, and if we do fall, we need a parachute. So that's the main idea. I said we have to look forward. Nowadays, I say different. Now, today, I say that we're living in a time of disruptions, and disruptions are like a tsunami. And if you see it heading towards you, you can either drown it in it or surf it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to surf this tsunami. And one of the things in this uh, presentation was, I saw Tesla coming again and again. I looked into energy 
and I saw Tesla. And I looked into electric cars and I saw Tesla. And I looked into everywhere I went, there was Tesla in some way or another. Uh, in solar, it was Solar City back then. But the minute I said, wow, everywhere I look, there's Tesla. And, and one thing else that was in the presentation was that the, I said, people think linearly and we see the future as linear. Well, but in fact, it is exponential because of all the technology and the destruction. Yeah. So if we're talking not Tesla for a moment, but uh, investing, until that moment, I was only invested in index funds because I believed in all the efficient market hypothesis, which says that the market is efficient and don't try beating the market because you want to do it consistently. And whenever I thought, okay, this is a good company to invest in, I blocked myself because I said, hey, I'm doing this part-time and I'm doing it late. So it's very vain of me to think I can beat the market mm. when the market is efficient. Mm. But then suddenly I said, oh, one moment. In Tesla, there is, it is one case where the market is not efficient because the market thinks uh, linearly while in fact it's exponential. So the gap between the linear and the exponential yeah. is an inefficiency in the market. And I said, okay, I have to invest in this. And when I started investing in it, Doug Moore, I saw the FUD about Tesla. I said, oh man, this is one place where the market is really inefficient because all the FUD says it's a bad company, it's going to fail and so on and so on. Well, in fact, it's amazing. It has amazing yeah. technology. So I started dipping my toes in the water and later I went all in. And nowadays I'm even leveraged onto Tesla because of all the show me profits and so on. Hmm. So really, that's basically my Tesla story because I, it started with the presentation, but you can pretty much say that this presentation changed my life. Wow. How, how long ago was, was this where you started uh, researching Tesla? Uh, it started about 2016. The okay. presentations were, were between 2016 to 2018. Hmm. And I started uh, investing in 2018 and put a large sum of money just before the market shot up in 2019. Awesome. So then, so then you really... That was almost like peak FUD, like 2016, 2017, 2018 is sort of when you discovered it. How So did you compare that to any other potential investments that were out there? And was Tesla an outlier as well? Or was it just such a such a huge disparity versus, you know, because what I find your comments super interesting is, um, you know, so much of the population thinks in that way where they think the market is efficient and you are you would be silly to think that you can somehow as an individual figure out a situation where the almighty market is wrong. Right. But I think a lot of us that, that were in the Tesla community, including yourself, like like we found that. Did you did you compare that to any other opportunities that were out there as well? Or was it just one of those things that was way too obvious to pass up? It was way too obvious because I didn't even look at other opportunities because, uh, first of all, I wouldn't invest in anything non-disruptive because if it's non-disruptive, it's better, in my viewpoint, to just go on indexes. Sure. Because the basic idea is I, I don't have any, ins any insider information about any company. And this means that whatever I do about a company, 
because I don't have any insider information, I can only do, I can only assess the company like everyone else has, which one time will be better, another time will be worse. And always I'll be late because I'm not on it full time and I get my info from uh, Yahoo or whatever. So it's very, uh, it's not like living there and seeing it. Mm-hmm. So I just decided if it's not destructive, I'm just going through index, index indexes. And in fact, I was invested in index funds for a long while when I went into Tesla before I went all in. Uh, okay. There was also, like I say, uh, a mid-stage where I went into ARC funds where I said, okay, it's destructive, but at least it's also diversified. I let them diversify it for me. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. How do you compare... So based on our research that you were doing back then about the disruptive nature of Tesla, and you think about Tesla today in 2022, did you see, and one of the things you brought up was that, hey, like, um, Tesla's disruption back then was obvious, and it's one of the reasons why you invested. But if you think about the disruption that they're theoretically hitting now, you know, like back 2016, 2017, things like the bot were not even close to being part of the story. Um, full self-driving was in a sense, but nowhere near as, I guess, as obvious as it is today, potentially. How did you envision Tesla continuing to broaden their disruption uh, back then? Or or are you surprised by the direction they're taking now, like dipping their toes into the bot and things like that? How do you think about that as you invest in the company? Um, let's say that back then I didn't think this far yeah. about Tesla itself. So them going into this, it's if you'd ask me back then and say, okay, I didn't expect it, but it's very natural for me. And let's say I'd like to go back to this presentation, by the way, for a moment. Yeah. Uh, the main point about this presentation was I want to give a, a deep, the title was, there are a few titles, but the main title was a deep peek into the future, okay? It's a very presumptuous of me to say, I can look into the future and tell you exactly what will happen. But I said, I will tell you exactly what will happen. And why? Because uh, basically there were a few points, uh, just uh, I showed that everything is going exponential and so on. And then I said, what's stopping us from making science fiction? Uh, why science fiction fiction? Why isn't it real? Mm-hmm. So let's say you want something to happen. Let's say it's within the uh, within the laws of physics. Okay, so it's possible, but why can't it happen? So one thing is funding. You need money. Another thing you need technology. Another thing you need the manpower, the workforce to make it happen. And the last thing was cost. They're all intertwined. And I showed how. Um, all of these bases are going to get covered in time. Because if you, let's look at Tesla for a moment. Uh, I think Tesla space, if you look at cost for a moment. So the cost of going to space, it was extra astronomical before. Because uh, like you had to, it's um, single use rockets. Yeah. So they said, okay, let's make it uh, multiple use rockets. And now they're talking about Starship and they're talking about uh, $10 per kilo, which is amazing. I don't know if you watched my uh, previous, uh, my last video with the CTO, was a week ago. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. Yeah. Friend, yeah. Friend, yeah, a, friend of, a friend of mine, CTO of uh, 
an AI company in Germany. Mm. And I had a talk with her after the Lex Friedman interview. And what she said there about $10 per kilo, she said it opens everything. Because going to space is going so cheap, becoming so cheap that even the most absurd ideas will be possible. And I said, okay, give me an idea of something absurd. So she just threw from the, from the depth of her mind, just for a moment, said, okay, uh, let's say you can take urns of your loved ones, the ashes of your loved ones, and throw them into space. Okay, wow. that's a good idea. Yeah, and you say it will orbit Earth for a while and so on. But then she said, okay, but I promised you wanted something absurd. I'll show you how even absurd it can happen. And then this is a bit touchy. Some people won't like this, but for others it is possible. Said, so let's say you take your loved ones uh, died, and instead of putting them in a coffin and so on, all dressed up and so on, you shoot them to space, to orbit, and they circle Earth several times before going. You put them a, a bit uh, suborbital speed, suborbital velocity, so they circle Earth, and then they go into the atmosphere, and they there's cremation into the atmosphere. They become one with the atmosphere. You can do this also with pets. So she said something like, look at my, look at the granny. Granny is all dressed up and so on in her finest dress. And she now you look at your app, and you see now she's over England. Now she's over, over, over Japan. She always thought of going there, and so on. And it's absurd. It's a crazy idea. But it's real, because it's $10 per kilo. Wow. You can at, you can at a thousand dollars you have a lot of uh, profit in this, and it becomes real. He said, "Okay, this is an absurd example, but it's true. You can also do this with pets. Take a look at the starship at the hatch of the starship as like a giant frog, and it shoots your pets all dressed up with the uh, Superman cape and so on, and it circles Earth before coming becoming part of the atmosphere. Now, some people won't like it, but others would." And you have an industry here, you have a business that will make millions. Yeah. It becomes real because cost is negligible. It's $10 per kilo. Now, what I said in this presentation, going back again to this presentation in 2016, 2018, what I said that basically, if you look at this cost, $10 is now. If you look deep into the future, it won't be $10. It'll be 10 cents. Yeah. It'll be one cent and so on. And the technology is getting faster. It's getting, uh, you look at more slow or right slow, it's getting faster all the time. Yeah. The cost is going down all the time. Uh, my base idea there was that everything will be free. If you look, uh, Elon, for example, it says that the bot will free us from work. And it's right, it will free us from work. And we can work if we want, but we won't have to. Yeah. But uh, what Elon said there was that we will have uh, UBI instead, universal basic income. And I say he's right, but only for a certain time, because afterwards it'll be, let's say, UGI, universal generous income. We'll have everything. We'll live in a world of abundance because, um, let's give an idea. Uh, when did you replace your smartphone? Why would I? No, when your current smartphone. Smartphone. Oh, when did I replace uh, my 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 yeah, old one? Basically, yeah. uh, like a year ago. It hasn't been. It hasn't been okay. that long ago. Yeah. Okay. And when when did you buy this previous iPhone or smartphone? Uh, like 
two years uh like basically that would have been like three years ago right something like that okay yeah yeah three years ago now what do you do do you use this old phone currently no it's gone <laughs> i don't even know where it is <laughs> So you just bought it. So it's worthless, yeah. right? You trace it yeah. it's worth it. You didn't sell well, it. You didn't sell it. You're not using it. It's just worthless. I can, honestly, I can't even remember. It's like it's exited my mind completely. I yeah. can't even remember so what I did with it. Basically, it's worthless. Now, if you look at this phone, it's a three-year-old phone. And basically, from two years ago, it was already worthless. After From one year ago. Yeah. Two years after we bought it, it's already worthless. And it's like a freaking supercomputer compared yeah. to a, a, 10 years ago. It's a supercomputer. And you don't even, it's worth nothing to you. Well, yeah. You don't even look at it. And that's now the exponential. It's going a lot uh, steeper. Yeah. So it's not going to be uh, two years. It's going to be two days. Yeah. It's going to be that whatever you whatever you want, basically, you can get. And not only uh, the uh, smartwatch and so on, smartphones and so on, it'll be yeah. everything. Because uh, we're now living in a world of uh, scarcity. And it's hard for us to imagine the how the world will look with when we don't have to discuss it. Because, um, let's say, right now, if we, there's a limit to everything we can get, and uh, all these uh, people looking at the, the billionaires taking their parts of the pie and so on, yeah, they say, okay, they're taking the large slice of the pie. It's leaving nothing for us. But once the pie becomes infinite then basically you can take whatever you like yeah so let's say for let's say for example let's work move forward not 10 years 100 years okay so let's say bots are everywhere everywhere and they're cheap because you can get bots you can make another button so on bots can make bots so they're cheap you can have as many bots for you working for now let's make let's take a crazy idea okay let's say you want to build some kind of um, you want to build a habitat on the moon and an underground habitat on the moon yourself not something by nasa or space and so on yeah what's stopping for you from you from from doing it because yeah. basically if you look at the exponential now at least it seems like nothing something that you can't do but if energy becomes free Energy will become free because you have the sun, it's a nuclear reactor. And if you look at the workforce, it's free. You can have as many bots as you like. The bots will be just like your uh, old smartphone. Let me let me tell you, you like. yeah, let me tell you where my head goes with that. So I, uh, w how do you see the mechanism of, like how, do you see this in the hands of a few or do you see this in the hands of everyone? Like how how do you okay. see this sort of playing out? Because I I agree with you hundred percent. I've been reading so I've been reading this books. I read this book Sapiens. I I've I've been following Andrew Yang in the past. Like these are topics that I'm that I'm somewhat familiar with. And and what the one thing that I'm constantly struggling with is like this is an, an inevitable outcome. It seems like. But my biggest concern is like okay how like who's gonna end up with it? <laughs> you know. So I'm really curious to hear okay. how you've thought about this. Yeah. Okay. Just one moment, let you just drink for a moment. Uh, just yeah, do what you guys do. Just one moment, yeah. okay? No problem. I'm going to take a drink break as well. <laughs> Fascinating discussion so far, by the way. Uh, thanks. Okay. Um, this, 
it just has a great, a great point because until recently, I didn't have a clue. I knew this will happen someday. I didn't know how it will happen, but very recently, I wanted to do the video about it, but I didn't get the time. But I finally know, I think I know, how this will happen because what you said basically is, okay, everything is getting so cheap. It will get so cheap. And, but right now we can see that billionaires are having, uh, they have a lot of money. We also have a lot more than before. Uh, just a small example before, before I go on, a small example from that presentation that changed my life. Um, basically, just to give you an idea of how rich you are, and that even before you went to Tesla, when you just finished school with all the debts that you had and so on, I'll show you how rich you were. Imagine you go into your car and you drive away from home um, until you, sorry, you go into your car, you fill in $1 of gas or $1 of electricity and drive away from home, okay? Until this $1 of gas or electricity is gone, hmm. okay? Now, it'll take you a few miles away from home. Now, pick up your phone and phone some guys to carry you on, um, on a leisure. Like, you know, like kings, they would be taken on a litter. There would be one guy in the front, one guy in the back, and they would mm -hmm. put them in a litter in the middle. So take two guys, call some uh, guys to take you home on the litter. Now, how much would that cost you for these two guys to take you back home for that distance? It would cost you a lot, astronomical, mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of dollars just for this case. Mm -hmm. But instead, for one dollar, you did it with your air conditioning on and with uh, the stereo and so on. You mm. have a Tesla, then it even drove itself most of the way. Mm. So you, we are richer than anyone in history right now. Even the poor people nowadays are richer than anyone in history. So, and it's getting more and more this way. Mm. But still, when I'm talking about incident wealth, I didn't understand till now what will make the shift that will give all of us uh, this um, being infinitely rich, every one of us, okay? So if you want to build this habitat on the moon, you can do it instead of uh, if laws and so on allow, of course, and not say, okay, the billionaires can do it, but I can just live a nice life. You will live a nice life, but what I'm talking about is an infinite possibilities. And now I got it, finally, because I don't know if you know this video with my previous talk with that CTO friend, which was after AI day, when she said that Tesla will be shown. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the, that's the thing. That's yeah. the company that uh, basically makes everything, right? Essentially. Yeah. Like the largest company ever. Yeah. Basically, yeah. My, my friend, she wasn't even a fan, a Tesla fan. I mean, she liked the company and so on, but she wasn't invested and so on. And three days after AID or two days after AID, she went on her Facebook and she went on a rant there that she said she was in AI. She co-founded and uh, she's a CTO of an AI company. 
And she also she's always proud of how they're taking the best people and so on. And she calls them AI designers. And it's the only one I know her who calls them that way. And she said, Tesla is going to rob us of everyone. I, I won't be able to keep anyone because she saw AI Day as turning Tesla into some magnet for talent, okay? And the other thing she said is Tesla is about to win AGI, Artificial General Intelligence, and they're going to win the bot, and they will become Chome. Chome is from uh, Frank Herbert's group, Dion. It's a company that does everything, the largest company in the universe. And basically, everything is done or sold by them. The only thing they don't do is transportation. And in this case, Elon also has transportation, with the, both Tesla and SpaceX. Yeah. And what she envisions, by the way, is that right now, let's say the bot, I'm about, by the way, not, it's not a plug, but in a few days, I'm going to release the, um, another part of my interview after the, I talked with her after, after Elon had this Lex Friedman interview a few months ago. Yeah. So part one was just a nice talk. Part one that I released uh, last week was just a nice discussion about various things in the Lex Friedman interview. Mm-hmm. But the part that we're doing that I'm releasing this week is about the uh, bot and AGI. And one moment, I just want, I'll just let me just show you something, okay? Okay, no problem. Just show you something. Yeah. Don't be afraid to plug stuff, by the way. If you want to plug stuff, plug stuff. One moment, I just want to show you no problem. this one. Which is one moment. Let's show you this. Tesla bot is a done deal. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you can see this. Right? I can see it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So basically, what she says is, she showed me. Basically, she, she told me to look into it, and she made me prove, made me see why the factory bot is a done deal. Mm-hmm. Which means she says in about two years. Um, the uh, bot starting to work less than two years, it's uh, one and a half years from now, basically, the bot starting to work in Tesla's factories. She yeah. showed me how it, how it can do the work in factory work, I mean, in Tesla factories, better than humans. Uh, it will turn the factories, let's, let's take a station with wiring, okay? It can do the wire, it will be able, two years from now, to do the wiring better than a human being, you can be you will be able to do it with bots in ways that humans can't do it. Mm-hmm. Just just another you know how roofers throw the tiles from one to another and they set yep. them for a chain. Yep. Just, yep. That's an example that uh, I get it. You don't talk about basically you think about like one do, one bot taking the wire uh, from a bin throwing it to two others that are already inside the car and they each of them grab it and plug it in their part and start sticking it inside into, into the air channels and so on, yeah. into the tunnels. So, the, and they can do it faster than humans and they don't tire. So basically the bots will start, they will turn the factories into um, the alien dreadnought. You can go one station at a time. 
And the amazing thing is that factories right now, car factories, they work at the same pace as they did at Henry Ford's days. And uh, I don't know if Sandy Monroe or um, John Maxwell said this, but I checked and it's right. It's the same pace as in Henry Ford's days, which is 100 yeah. years ago. Just assembly line style. And, yeah. Yeah. And the reason is the machinery can go faster, but humans can't. We tire and there's a limit to how fast we can do things. So you can make the process simpler and so on. And like Tesla did, I said that Tesla has like, um, they did various stages. Um, and let me just change the background for a moment because this one no is really, okay, much better. Okay, and Tesla, I said they did various stages of the industrial revolution. Because they, first they said, okay, humans, they cost a lot. And they slow the process. So let's put robots instead of, instead of them. And they put in a lot of robots, much more than other factories. And they did too fast, so they blocked them. And so they put humans back and then back and so on. But they put in a lot of robots. Then they said, okay, robots also cost a lot. And they also uh, break down and so on. So let's make these gigacastings and so on. And the next stage of the revolution will be they say, okay, the humans that we do have in the production line that we can't replace by robots, we'll replace them with the humanoid robots. Mm -hmm. So they'll be able to do it much faster than humans. And then you can just, just start cranking up the speed and do it uh, much faster than now. So when, um, in Giga, when Giga Berlin was opened, there was this uh, celebration, and one guy in the crowd is still on um, best case scenario. How many gigafactories will you open in the next That's 10, minutes? right? He said 10. Yeah. And I said, no. The best case scenario, logistics aside, and logistics is a, a big problem, but if you put logistics aside, the best case scenario is zero yeah. new factories. The best factory is no factory. You have the existing factories. You, let's say you crank, let's say you crank up the speed ten times from now. Well, it is now. Okay, so look at uh, Giga Shanghai. It does like around a million, something like that. Yeah, seven, eight hundred uh, thousand, yes, something like that. Seven, yeah. Seven, yeah, it's getting okay, there. Okay, crank it up. Yeah, put it up yeah. ten times from now. Yeah. Seven million from the same factory space. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. so do the same crank Berlin also. Instead of they wanted to do 500,000 first stage and maybe they let them more. So let's put the, all the uh, legal issues and permits aside, which is a huge problem there. Also solvable, by the way. I have an idea how to solve it. Mm -hmm. But um, um, let's say, let's say the, they let them do what they want. Crank up Berlin, let's say double the size from now. To, they said they wanted to do 2 million. But yeah. instead of 2, you can do 20. Yeah. Let's say, don't ramp it up 10 times. Ramp it up 3 times. You can do it at 6 yeah. million from that same factory space. Yeah. Okay, so let's go. I, I, I'm digressing, by the way. No, um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm I just have, trying to... I have, I have, it's fine. Yeah. I'm just trying to understand, like, how... So if I go back to my initial yeah. question of how we think it's yeah. going to, you know, who's going to end up with it, right? With yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So let's, 
let's uh, flow with this idea that Zephyr will become shown, okay? So what this means is uh, everyone that holds, Chom will be huge, do everything. You will have a, everything will be in your own sense. Every, uh, the workers are an infinite possibility. Every factory in the, work, in the world will either use these or if, um, robots or they won't be competitive. Um, so, except in the very edge cases, such as when you don't need humans, when everything is already automated. But everywhere where you do need the humans, then if you don't use Elon's bots, Tesla's bots, then you're not competitive. So every factory in the world will use uh, Elon's bots. And I'm, I'm by, the, by the way, um, I'm not even talking about AGI right now. Right. I'm just talking about the just factory bot. bots. AGI, yeah. AGI is also a done deal. And by the way, even if others, if, if others, it'll be also in my video, uh, but if others beat Tesla to AGI, then still Tesla wins the AGI bot. That's a long story. Let's talk about it later, maybe. But anyway, let's go, let's uh, focus. Uh, I'll take a small detour, just to explain something. No. I have huge, I have huge ADHD. Okay. <laughs> when I mean huge, when I mean huge, which means that I did a test to, when I, I diagnosed myself, I said, okay, something is wrong with me. Something is different. I did this test. Uh, it, it's some, it's in a way a superpower because I see things others don't see, but sure. it's also a liability because uh, before I was diagnosed and so on, it just affected my life in bad ways, so many bad ways. Mm. So and I, I finally found out it's ADHD. Mm. I went and did this test. And when I finished these tests, these guys that did it just came and started looking at me like I was some kind of zoo animal, like some kind of freak, asking me like, are you married? How's your wife with it? And so on. <laughs> going, What's going on? So basically, the test, it goes, the scale goes from zero to 100. Mm -hmm. Now, zero is theoretical. It means no ADHD whatsoever. 100 is also theoretical. It means full ADHD, mm -hmm. nothing else. The spectrum, basically. You, yeah, yeah. You, are yeah. you are diagnosed as ADHD, and you can start getting drugs and so on. ADHD drugs such as Ritalin and so on, mm -hmm. uh, if you're 50 and above. Mm -hmm. 50 is the limit. It says, okay, you're at the upper half. So uh, of the spectrum, you can, you're diagnosed with ADHD. Mm -hmm. My score, 99.7. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I remember that while doing the <laughs> test, I was without, without any drug, without any uh, ADHD drugs and so on. While mm -hmm. doing this test, I was going, I was, with the computer, you just go and you know you have to fill things in the computer and so on. Mm. While doing this test, I noticed I said the only brick people to this station, this test, because if you look at the table, it's clean, the computer is clean, but there are um, balls of uh, um, there are balls of hair and so on, dirty and dirty in the in the back of the room. Mm -hmm. They don't clean the room; they just clean this post where people mm. sit. And I'm doing this test, and they notice it. So it's crazy. So I think this this sort of explains why um, 
there are things I see that others don't. That, yeah, and absolutely. It's been amazing for me, but also yeah. why I digress all the time. So I try to yeah. focus on your. It's fine. Question. No, no problem at all. Yeah, no problem at all. It's it, I. I've actually. I've. I've. Uh, uh, a few of the people that I know and my friends have are are have ADHD, and it's something that I view some of these things as truly as superpowers. Like there's a lot of definitely some debilitating things for it, but I think the unique perspective that you get when you have sort of that you know atypical way of uh, of thinking and the atypical way of of operating. I feel like there's a lot of benefits. Now, of course, some some of the downsides can be debilitating, but no, absolutely. Man, like you're fine. You don't have to explain why you know why you're sort of diverging from place to place. You're fine. I, I just I really find it very fascinating how you think about um, sort of how you're thinking about the future and the things that uh, sort of you're seeing you're seeing sort of play out. You know, from the time you invested in Tesla to where we are now, um, it's just I, I can tell you that one of the big things I've been really thinking about because if there's one person that I think is going to be able to um, do de essentially democratize everything, you know, democratize the economy essentially i think as somebody like an elon musk you know like like if somebody like that is in is is heading the companies and is heading the sort yeah. of um uh, initiatives that's going to allow us to have plenty for everybody then i can see that becoming a thing but my fear is that say he he's not around anymore and say 20 30 years time and then there's this foundation of uh, companies and and uh, things that are making everything but then if legislation somehow comes out that's you know tries to limit it to the few and not the many then it gets hairy right so that's why that's why when you said you yeah. think you figured it out i'm very oh. curious to hear yeah yeah oh. Okay, so let's say um, Tesla, let's go with this idea that Tesla becomes strong. It has infinite resources, okay? Yeah. It goes into lots of businesses and so on. It has infinite resources. So I think you'll agree with me that uh, with the stock market being in the long run uh, weighing machine, if yeah. the company has infinite resources, then you as a shareholder and myself as a shareholder will have also infinite resources, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Basically, uh, close to infinite. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a shareholder, if you're now, able to buy yeah, the, the company. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Sure. Now, the basic idea is, I say, first of all, everyone holding a share right now will become a millionaire, if not a billionaire become a millionaire, everyone holding a single chair right now, if Tesla becomes strong. Because uh, as my friend put it, it's uh, an option call on, inf on uh, infinity. So Interesting, okay. So you, you have one share right now, and it, Tesla becomes an infinitely large company. Mm -hmm. Or let's put it not infinite, let's say the company is worth, uh, worth um, 1,000 trillion. Yeah. Order. Many orders of magnitude Which is much, bigger than the next one. Yeah. Many orders of magnitude bigger than today's economy. Yeah. And it will be bigger than today's economy because the economy at that time will be larger than Tesla, of course, because yep. lots of companies will use these bots to do things that are unimaginable right now. As I said before in the Starship example, like right now you can't take... Um, your um, deceased pet and to let it fly around the world mm -hmm. before it goes uh, um, incinerates into, and before it uh, cremates into the atmosphere, becomes one with the atmosphere and so on. Mm -hmm. But it's become possible. It will become possible. Mm -hmm. So basically, Tesla will have lots of resources. 
and it'll be a huge company. And every shareholder will become very rich. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the great point. Uh, one option is, that, let's say what happens after Elon. Okay, what happens one day when Elon uh, is not with us anymore? Mm-hmm. One option is that someone else replaces him and the company becomes a monopoly on everything. everything. Mm-hmm. Like right now we pay, uh, when you buy something, a certain percentage of it goes to Google for its uh, advertising service, more mm-hmm. or most likely. Google or Facebook and so on. We have some monopolies that tax everything that we do uh, indirectly. And, but what I think will happen, I think, is that because it is Elon and because he is so unique, he will somehow give at least part of his shares to humanity. Now, let's Mm. say, let's say if you divide the shares in a way that you say, I'll give everyone a sub-share, okay? So if a company has uh, infinite size, then of course everyone, everyone, no matter how you divide it, everyone will have infinite resources. Now let's talk more, something more realistic, not infinite, not infinity, but something really large, okay? Yeah, yeah. The problem right now, if you look, if you look about uh, companies, or we say, um, let's say if you take uh, the shares of a company and you give everyone in the world the share, we won't have a lot, any of us. And when there are new people, you know, people are born and you want everyone to have this share. Yeah. So when people are born, it dilutes us. And suddenly this, there comes this problem that uh, what we say like this, that socialism or communism doesn't hold because it's against our nature because we don't want to give what we have to others just because they decide to have more babies and so on. Yeah. Right? So like you can take care of your children, I'll take care of my children and so on, but I don't want to, if you, you have two children, I don't want to give my, my uh, shares or so on. Yep. And to dilute them because of your kids and so on. But if a company is growing faster right. than population is, then we don't even feel it. And is that let's, where? Let's say for a moment, yeah, yeah, let's say for, for a moment, for a moment, let's say there's a company that has 1 million shares and there are 1 million people. Okay. Uh, each share is worth a dollar. Okay. And if we have, if instead of one million people, we have two million people, then each of us has half a dollar. Yeah. Right? If we spread among, among everyone. But if this company is not worth the same one million, it becomes worth 10 million. Right. Then we have five dollars instead of the first one dollar. Yeah. Even though, despite the population growing twice, doubling. Population doubled, but the economy, and I look at Tesla for this example, as the economy will grow 10 times faster, yeah. 10 times the size by the time that the economy, the, the, the economy or the company grows 10 times by the time that the population grows only twice. You know so what's really we interesting still have about five that? Times, five times yeah. more than what we have. 
what's really interesting about that too like say under that example we do have uh population growth and we have a company that's able to essentially create value in a sense for the population as the population grows that company will automatically create additional value to be able to serve that additional population as well yeah. you know it's almost it's almost yes. like a self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> you know yeah, exactly that's very interesting ba basically so in a way you know look at it like henry ford one of the great things he did was he paid his workers a lot uh, more than the regular wages because he said, I want my workers, my employees, to be able to buy Ford cars. And this is what happens because uh, they started buying cars and the economy itself, the entire economy grew, not just the company, but the entire, entire economy. Now, yeah. I think that okay, if we look at most Tesla shareholders, want to buy Tesla cars. And we have the means usually to buy Tesla cars when we own the shares because they're growing so fast and so on. Yeah. And by the way, I'm waiting for my car. It's about February. Okay. So can't wait. <laughs> Hopefully you got to see. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, the basic idea is if we all become shareholders, all of us, not just as early birds, but let's say it, uh, when Tesla becomes shown, even if Elon gives 10% of what he has or 5%, and I'm not talking about what the, what the uh, uh, hard left, the extreme leftists are talking about, these billionaire techs and so on. Mm -hmm. Because right now things are far from uh, infinite. Mm -hmm. Right now we are constrained with the resources and so on. Mm -hmm. And the best example is if Elon was taxed uh, on his assets after uh, he did PayPal, we would not have SpaceX and Tesla. Right. Because he funded them himself and he almost ran out of money. Right. So right now, uh, it's uh, impossible to do this. But I think if Tesla becomes strong and he starts shooting up towards infinity, then what happens is that uh, basically, if he can give 10% of his shares, it'll be yeah. enough for everyone in the world forever to have everything. Yeah, 10% of infinity is still infinity, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he'll yeah. still have infinity. But what's, what's the, the one thing there, like it, it's such an interesting dynamic because it, it's almost like for this to work and correct me if I'm wrong for this to work we need somebody in this case an Elon figure that I don't know if it's uh out of the kind of of his heart or because he wants humanity's best interest in mind to be altruistic in a way and say I am going to single-handedly create this environment for civilization so it requires one individual person to to essentially make this happen like say you had a um say you had somebody that was it's almost like a it's almost like a super black and white thing so like let's role play and say it wasn't elon musk who was uh who was creating a chome which was a company that's going to take us to infinity instead it's like uh bizarro musk you know like like opposite world musk that has the same engineering talent but he's instead of being somebody who wants to enable civilization to 
have everything. He wants everything. He only wants to keep it for himself and the people that buy into his mission. Under that scenario, the the opposite happens. Happens, right? It's almost like apocalypse versus versus uh, um, you know utopia in a sense. It's like it's this all hinges on one person. <laughs> it's kind of scary, don't uh, you think? <laughs> um, yeah, basically, yeah, ba basically it is. It does. And Dang. maybe I'm putting a lot too much hope on Elon, but he is different. I agree He's with very you. very different. I agree with you. And basically, he has a lot of things that are like a child and I mean it in a good way. Mm -hmm. It's maybe part of Pure, very pure. Pure yeah. and he wants, what, wants to do what's right and what's good. And I don't think like the Tesla Qs will disagree, but... Yeah, they're Tesla Qs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, um, they've been wrong this whole time. The, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, exactly. So and ba basically, the main idea is I don't think he's motivated by money. He's motivated right. by things that excite him and by wanting to do the good and so on. And I don't think anything more exciting than this future that we just talked about. The basic yeah. idea was everything. When he said that I'll say exactly what will happen, in the future, I meant that whatever you want to do, whatever you're, you can imagine or right. others can imagine and you like that idea will be possible as long as it doesn't uh, hurt others and so on or right. is against the laws of physics. Right. But, everything, but money won't be a problem. Yeah, it's essentially I, like you having a share into and Chome gives you like ability to access the tools that Chome has and then Chome's able to do everything. Right, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah. And you get uh, the economy gives you the company, the shares, or let's say the dividends and so on that the company gives will ever enable everyone to become ultra rich and uh without it distracting anything from Elon's uh, wealth or possibilities, because as you said, 10% of infinity, you still, the other 90% is still infinity. Yeah. So, so, now, when you said about this bizarro Elon, I thought uh, you were going to say Zuckerberg. Uh, <laughs> sure, yeah, we can hear <laughs> Any other executive, uh, you know? When, when do you see this, like, is this possible outcome a 100-year horizon, a 20-year horizon, a 1,000-year horizon? How do you think about it? Okay, definitely not, not 100. Let's say infinity, infinity will take time. Infinity will take infinite time. Sure. But for all practical reasons... Like when well, Elon decides to give to give uh, civilization the ability to be, become self-sufficient, essentially, like have access to everything. Like when do you think that, that could happen? Thirty years. Thirty years. Thirty. Yeah. Around. 30. Okay. And what? Why, yes. What gives you the confidence? Uh, I'm not confident. Okay. <laughs> what gives you the <laughs> idea? <laughs> Basically, we are climbing an exponential, and it's going faster than we can imagine. So, uh, infinity will sure. Infinity will take time, but uh, the factory bought. Um, as I said, uh, I'll, there will be a video about this in a few days. The factory bought is here. It's a done deal. I, I'll 
put another quote from my friend, and I stand behind it myself 100%. She said, it's not a matter anymore of uh, whether Tesla will win the factory bond. It's only a matter of how many shares can we buy before the market catches on. Mm-hmm. And just what she did herself, she sold her car, she wanted, She has money for her house, she put all her money for the house, all her money for the car on Tesla stock. Her father, uh, yeah, stepfather, her father sold his car also. Uh, she said that everyone around her, once uh, her company after AI, they, they analyzed Tesla and they want to, they analyzed AI, they, they came to the idea that, uh, to the conclusion, the Tesla will win the bot, both factory bot and later on AGI bot. And yeah. even if others beat them, then they will win the factory bot and the AGI bot also. So even if you have, even if your company, let's say Google or whatever, comes up, comes out with AGI or an AGI bot two years ahead of Tesla, Tesla will still win. I showed in the video, let's do it okay. that. Uh, okay. So the bottom line is she pivoted her entire company's uh, long-term plans to somehow match the possibility of living in a world where there is a bot. Yeah. And basically, so let's go back to your uh, question, diverged again. The um, Okay. The factory bot will be here by the time of next year. Okay. They won't sell it the first time. And same goes only things that I expect right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing is true. Yep. By the end of next year, they'll already have a bot in their factory doing uh, uh, testing. Let's put it this yeah. way. Yeah. Moving go boxes one from place to place. Yeah. yeah. Simple stuff. Yeah. Moving boxes, wiring cars, putting wires in cars, doing yeah. uh, and matching the. Uh, matching the battery pack to the car or the instrument panel in, into the car. Everything that currently people do. Yeah. And go one station at a time and learn that station, learn to do it. It doesn't need to be, it not, it's not AGI yet. Yeah. Just, just has to know a single thing. And the technology is here already. Yeah. There is no technological gap whatsoever. So um, basically that's in about... Uh, at the end of next year. Mm-hmm. And they will start introducing it into the state in their factory, one station at a time. So it's not very far from there, let's say one year, yeah. before it can start replacing all the bots and be, all the, doing all the stations, except maybe something, uh, edge, edge cases and so on. Yeah. So what will happen is that uh, they will start ramping up their factories with these bots, turning them into these alien dreadnoughts. They will use these bots in uh, in SpaceX and in Tesla. Uh, They will grow much faster than they're growing right now. It's part of the exponential and the bot will let them do this. And uh, just a moment, I have to just close the window for a moment, okay? Mm -hmm. Just one moment to just close the window. No problem. No problem. Sorry about that. No problem. So basically, from about a year from now, 
they'll be start they'll start to ramp up Tesla Tesla's factories with the bot, and they'll start using it internally, and then they'll use it with SpaceX and maybe send some to Mars and so on. And the analysts will all say, uh, "What's going on? This bot is just a pet project. It's not doing anything. They're not selling anything. It's not really." But in fact, it's a good thing because they're only using it within t- inside Tesla because it's giving them more uh, benefit than selling it. Everybody else, yeah, yep. Yeah. So they will ramp up and so on with this bot and use it. And the thing that Tesla came to mind, huge. Yeah. yeah, the thing that came to mind as you're describing that story is like, you know, I'm already imagining. Like, say, if this is this happens uh, late next year, you know, the bot comes out and it happens late next year. Um, theoretically, uh, some sort of version of full self-driving should already be on the roads, theoretically, that's doing some sort of automated driving. So that's already going to have some sort of buzz around it. And then I can already picture, like, I don't know if you're familiar with the, with the, with the sh- um, show 60 Minutes, which is like a, it's like a show in the States where they do, like, journalistic... Um, stuff or whatever i can already picture there's like a a whole 20 minute segment on them touring the tesla factory and you have these bots doing the jobs of humans and elon's like check you know check this out this is going to revolutionize manufacturing and everything and what i what i see happening potentially say say full self-driving is already a thing that's becoming clear that it's going to happen because they've already say released it in some markets and then the bot footage starts coming out, I could see a scenario where you start sort of having almost, I don't know if I want to call it a bubble, but like Tesla euphoria, like the population will start getting inspired by these developments that Tesla is doing. And I wonder if by then, like say by the end of next year or even 2024, call it like at some point it has to become, it has to become something that people will really start believing is going to happen. Cause I would say like you or I, and you know, folks in the Tesla community that are you know, that are uh, optimistic about AI and the bot and AGI and all that stuff. Like, even though all of us are perhaps not super confident, but we believe it's a likely scenario that it's going to happen, that we're probably like less than a fraction of a percent of the population at large, right? But like, once this becomes a more accepted potential future, I wonder how that's going to completely change how people view the likelihood of a home or the likelihood of Tesla becoming obviously becoming something that's much like way bigger than just a car company it becomes this just mammoth of industry you know in a sense um i just i just want to mention that because that just came to mind and i'm like boy wouldn't that be exciting like isn't that going to be an exciting day like once the broader population you know given that tesla will solve these issues let's just assume that's the case like once that that spark goes off and you know theoretically you already have starship you know doing maybe some simple stuff to the moon by then hopefully like i feel like the entire fabric of uh civilization is almost going to start shifting around that time because they'll go from saying hey this is potentially not possible to wow there's actually like bits and pieces and clues that we're heading towards that direction and i wondered that's when the you know the the exponential goes you know (laughs) and then everyone's okay yep this is going to happen it's going to inspire a lot of people and then you you'll have all kinds of funding going into the into the you know like everybody else will buy in essentially, you know, I don't, do you think do you see that happening? Like, do you think it's going to be that that's are we that's close to that sort of, uh, I guess, uh, chasm? Like, are we that close to that hump of the point of no return? Or do you think we're already past it? You, 
Or do you think it's farther? I don't. I don't know. Let's put it this way: uh, if you look about, the, if you look at the stock markets for a moment, mm. I think it'll take. I a don't want to. Time <laughs> it's ugly before, right now. <laughs> yeah. Before. <laughs> uh, God, sorry. When when Elon sold, when Elon sold stocks a few days ago. Yeah. I hoarded anything, everything that I could. Good I, for you. I put, bought and leveraged and so on. Just I'm leveraged just for that. But yeah. wow, I mean anything. Um, basically, let's go back um, to what you asked. It will take a lot of time, more than that 60 minutes interview uh, piece and so on, okay. because of several reasons. One of them, if you look at analysts, for example, analysts, they, I'm quoting things from, or sort of building on things that I saw that Gary Black said and so on. Mm-hmm. If you look at uh, the uh, last earnings call and so on, not this one, the one before that, when they said that Tesla will not uh, build, um, they will not build the uh, Model 2 or Model A, Model A or whatever, small Tesla, then we saw it as something positive because we said, okay, it's because they have too much demand for the Model Y. So why build a small, uh, cheaper car when you're when when you're limited with resources right now we are limited mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. if they are they have limited resources then selling a model y with that chip or with that battery instead of selling a model two or a or whatever um the y gives them more money so it's more logical they so sorry. it's both more money and they they are paid more and it's cost them less because they don't have to build the production lines and so on. Yep. Um, Much more efficient. So we saw it in positive. But if you look at analysts, they just have this uh, spreadsheet and they say, okay, model Y, we expect them to sell this number. Maybe they'll sell a bit more. Model, model two, whatever. They just mm-hmm. put a line there, they're not making it. Mm-hmm. And the stock went down and so on. So if you look at the bot, going back to the bot, the bot itself, let's say they make a bot and you start working in their factories. The analysts still see it as something for the future because they say, okay, they're not selling it yet. And it'll take a long time before they sell it because it'll be, bring them much more benefit to use it for their own sake. Yeah. By the way, the way I see it is also that once they start producing the bots faster than they can deploy in their factories. And it's also that the bots are ready for uh, general use and so on. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, let's say they're ready and they start selling them, they won't really sell them because, take a bot for a moment, okay? So um, a bot can do what, let's say a bot can do what a worker can do, a line worker can do. Yeah but it can work three shifts, right? So yep. instead of one salary, you have three salaries, three workers, okay? Yeah, and working probably twice have... as fast, so that's probably like six yeah. workers, right? Yeah, okay, so it's six. Yeah. And also it's work, it can work seven days a week, not five days a week. Right. So instead of these six, it's about, let's say about an eight, whatever, yep. like, let's say about eight salaries. And let's say Tesla wants to, your you own a factory and you have the option of buying this bot and you know 
from previous experience and so on, that the bot will do the work just like these eight workers. And they'll do it the same way, repeatedly, the same way, all the time, without getting tired. And consistently, we won't have any, uh, any quality problems and so on, because it doesn't come, it doesn't come drunk to work. It doesn't yep. get arrested. No so errors, 100% so, consistent. Yeah, no yeah. Yep. Okay. So let's say Tesla offers you, says, I want you to give me, it's worth like eight, eight salaries. I want you to give me the exact eight times the salary of a worker. Not a dollar less, eight salaries. Okay. Mm. It will still be worth to you a lot mm. because you want you don't have to pay for uh, healthcare. Yeah. You don't have days off. You don't have days off. Uh, yeah. You don't have to pay you don't need for HR. catering. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let, even more, let's say uh, you don't have to have all these uh, safety at work issues. And I don't mean just a uh, uh, bot getting hurt or uh, a worker getting hurt. But you can leave the uh, workplace. If it's a hot area, you can leave it hot. If it's cold, you can leave it hot. Cold. If there are poisonous gases, who cares? Yeah. You don't have to take care of all this. So yeah. it's worth a lot of money. You'll give these eight salaries for each bot. So there's no reason for them to sell it to you. It'll just take, it will just collect salaries. This bot will take eight salaries and you'll pay it for each month you have it, eight salaries. Instead and of what's work. crazy is like the, the cost structure of a bot, if you think about it from a raw materials perspective, is not that much. You know, you think about there's probably yeah. what like twenty to twenty five grand of materials in there. I did a like a simple model to try and figure out like how much it would cost to manufacture a bot, and I came up with twenty five thousand batteries, materials, you know, joints, everything. It's like twenty five thousand. Yes, much less. You know, probably well, less, right? Yeah, yeah. Once it's uh, it's mass, mass production, much less. Yeah, yeah, much less. Probably less than ten grand. You know, yeah. after that, after and that case. And it's and, and Tesla, it's essentially equivalent. So eight salaries at an average of say thirty five thousand, forty even fifty thousand a year. You know that's four. <laughs> so it's you know they're making three hundred and ninety thousand dollars per bot, theoretically per year, something per like year. that. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. Now and you can produce as many bots as you like, and you'll have a market for <laughs> as many bots as you like. 390,000 times, let's say they make a million bots a year. Oh, that's so many zeros. $390 billion in profit per year for uh, a million bots. 390 billion, essentially. And once you make them, it's oh per year. You make, you make these million right. bots. You don't have to make them yeah. anymore. You just collect salaries, <clears throat> all this accumulated. Yeah, and so the five-year ROI is like two trillion, bots. yeah. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, this man. This is why they're becoming chong. This is why I see them as becoming chong. Wow. See, like putting it within that. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> this is why I'm leveraged on Tesla because yeah. I, they are the. I, I'm convinced. My friend just, she walked me through it. She just told me at a certain point, I won't tell you. I want you to understand by yourself why this is happening. And I yeah. went one step in time and I saw there are no roadblocks. The technology is here right now. So crazy. Tesla has it, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And 
the so they will grow very fast. Now you won't see it at the beginning because uh, uh, God. Let's go back to the question. Now, yeah. when will the market understand if this six minutes uh, piece and so on? Mm-hmm. So at first they will have these uh, bots working there. And then 60 minutes will come and do a nice piece and showing them working in the factories. And then we're going to say, oh, wow, this is great. This is the future. And maybe, maybe people will invest in Tesla. But shortly after, it will go down because they're not selling anything. Their car business is going, is going great. They're producing lots of cars. They're producing lots of roofs. Maybe, maybe one will start seeing them doing the roofs on uh, putting the tiles on roofs with bots. Yeah. This could make a shift mm. when they're visible outside. But as long as it's within the factories, it's not very uh, visible. So people won't be aware. And all the analysts will just say it's an internal project. It's not safe enough. It's not good enough. If it was good, they would sell it. Yeah. They would not connect the dots and say, okay, Tesla is ramping so fast because of these bots. Yeah, because they can ramp up the production line, and it's, they are becoming these alien dreadnoughts. That's yet another opportunity for those that feel like perhaps they they missed the boat. Like th- the craziest thing about this whole Tesla story is that I've been talking to people that you know, like these are folks that aren't really well versed in sort of what Tesla's working on, and perhaps they're not. They don't you know they don't think exponentially. They think sort of nearly and linearly, and it's okay. Like it is what it is, but. Um, it, it, I get so much, so many comments that they're like, well, the stock's already, you know, it, it's at a trillion dollars already. Like how much higher can it go? And and like the thing I keep um, shooting back is, is this is like literally your, your opportunity right now. And it's not investment advice, but this could be an opportunity for you to still jump on the train. Like it's still super, 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 super early if these things were to happen because of how how incredibly transformational the target that Tesla has for its long term ambitions can be, you know. So it, it's it, that's still to me like so fascinating that we're still just getting started. A trillion market cap, ten years, you know. I mean, and but you really think about it, the company has only been around for fifteen years, you know. That that's the that's the crazy wow. thing is, you know, it hasn't been around for that long, you know. Like if you put it within the context oh. of other manufacturers, just yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. what 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 this means is let's put together what you just said and what I said. It means that in two years from now, less than two years, uh, one and a half years from now, uh, it'll have, let's say they'll have this bot doing internal work, and it it will be capable of doing this work. This work. Well, this means that seventeen years from forming this company, they not only revolutionize EVs and storage and so on, but also make this bot and they are on their way to winning AGI also in the AGI bot, which is later on that, that, okay, I'll I'll keep, I will keep things for this uh, video of mine about how they will win the AGI bot at least. Uh, I gave almost everything away. No, it's okay. Yeah, keep it. No, no, please keep it, keep it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, yeah, seventeen years from this company forming, and they are going to win this to make these bots that replace people in the most complicated uh, manual work there is. And I do think they're on their way to replacing us with uh, also the thinking work and so on, creative work and so on. But yeah. this will take more time. Uh, not only the bot, this will also be. Uh, 
computers and so on. They don't just need the bot for that. Um, they're on their way. And from what I understand, their, their AIT is amazing. Uh, not just from what I gathered after AI Day, they started hiring much faster and mm -hmm. they're, getting, they're getting good people. Yeah, that's one thing. I mean, I can well, tell you, like, like having worked there, it's the, the 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 amount of talent they have in every team is is bananas. Like, they're not just they don't just have amazing engineers; they have amazing everything. <laughs> Everybody's brilliant, you know. Everybody's so smart. I felt so dumb working there; it was crazy. It's the how they can pull the talent from different worlds is and different areas of expertise is is so impressive. It really is. It's so so impressive. Um, I know we're at, we're no, a little really, over. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? I'm really impressed by yeah what you said. You said in one of your videos about these line workers, these uh, uh, these people who material 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 handlers. Workers, yeah, yeah. That they were uh, involved in planning things in the yeah. factory and planning the lines and uh, what will happen there. I was so impressed with that. Yeah. Because I I, I really saw that people are very much uh, in other factories. You have these hierarchy and you have these labels and boxes and you're putting a certain box. And uh, even if you want to give ideas, they usually block you. No. And from yeah. my experience, when this doesn't happen, it's rare, then people, the, both the factory benefit, the company benefits from it and the people themselves, it's, it's 100%. a great feeling. A hundred percent. It's it's you really uh, give the empowerment to people. And the one thing, the one thing that was always fascinating to me is that the one eye opening moment that I had there, or I'm still trying to figure out, is um, is Tesla really good at finding the best talent in the world, or is Tesla's environment enabling everybody to reach their true potential? Like that's that's what I'm trying to figure out because I think it's a mixture of both. Like I think the the like I think you know if you take say Ford GM and take every auto automaker and then you take what their equivalent of a material handler and you would put them in Tesla's environment of problem solving and design, I bet you probably at least half of those workers would have a similar impact than the people that Tesla. I think it's something about that environment that Tesla has created that enables people to reach their maximum potential. And the maximum potential of humans is not just move box from point A to point B, it's design, design layouts, design processes, figure out how to implement tools, uh, figure out the best flow, figure out how to build new, um, new things that we can use. That is really the big takeaway for me. And it's, it's almost like a new way of running a company. It's a brand new way of running a company. It's like, at least at that scale, you know, if you think about, um, if you think about like startups or smaller companies or companies that are really focused and, and you have a small team, so it's very easy to kind of collaborate. You see that a lot, but like in a company that has over a hundred thousand people to have a, uh, a not only, uh, basically a similar environment than that, but also trusting these people with an outsized amount of value of the company, you know, like designing a warehouse from scratch is expensive. <laughs> you would usually have to pay a lot of people a lot of money to make that happen. But now you, you just you leverage the workforce that you have and you trust them and assume that they're going to be able to figure it out and they figure it out and they figure it out. 100% of the time, they always figure it out. It was it was stunning and for there, me. Yeah. There was also something else that both you and Joe Justice said that they are also given a lot of data. Yes. About... Uh, bottlenecks in the company and they you can always look 
at the data and say, okay, here's something that interests me and I think I can improve. And you can go and do that job and so on. Yeah. And that was probably more on the manufacturing I, side. The, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I have a personal example. Towards, I told you about this project that I worked about uh, in that was very um, taxing and so on. Yeah. Worked lots of hours. It's a, um, basically, it's a pretty famous system, uh, life-saving. But anyway, we worked lots of hours. We were on a mission, and we did a lot of, a lot of work. Now, I, uh, I was the manager. I, I led to the development of one of the main components there. Mm-hmm. And what happens was this work was very agile. The way I saw it was HI work. Um, if um, my background is, I'm for the, um, my first degree in, uh, um, I learned uh, aerospace engineering, mm-hmm. and for my aerospace engineering, I moved to software. I also had an MBA along the way, but you don't really use it at all. So uh, basically, I looked at it as an engineering problem. And I looked at this as uh, what does the project itself need? So there was an example I gave it in one of my videos that we were a few days before an and before test, live fire test that was uh, we're about to give the system to the customer. And the head of the project, it was like before midnight, so the head of the project comes and says, and calls me on the phone and says, are you sure? And say, yeah. And calls me to, to his room. And they told, tell us about this uh, new problem that they want the uh, system to address. And mm-hmm. can we add this? Now, normally, the answer would, would be hell no. Because normally you freeze the design. Yeah. You, you freeze the product, but the code, six months before you have to deliver it. And then you just do t- tests and checks and so on, and uh, you produce the system. And here it was a few days before the uh, before we have to do this uh, major test, hmm. and we added it. Now, why I'm bringing this idea? I want this uh, point because the organization I worked at at the time, we had this uh, kind of matrix structure, which means you have these uh, professional groups of software or, uh, or aerodynamics and so on. You have various groups that specialize in a certain type of work. And you have the projects that they run the project and they use people from different groups. Mm-hmm. So it's this kind of uh, um, matrix structure. And when I worked there, I worked with a project and they did everything they wanted. It, when I thought it would not endanger the system because you do you don't want to put into input bugs and so on right and you want don't want to uh, ruin the current capabilities so you have to be very very responsible it's very people's lives depend on it so but as long as we didn't ruin anything I would do anything they wanted because you are um, making the system better. You improve right. its capabilities. So uh, 
if it's needed, it saves lives. So, but there was one thing, this the project was very, they were ecstatic with me. They were very, I did great work. I'm very proud of it. Mm-hmm. But I also had this manager, manager from the professional group. And above me, he wasn't agile, let me tell you. Hmm. Now, all along, he didn't, even, he didn't even look at what I was doing. Didn't interest him. He just talked to the project, so they were happy. So, okay, he doesn't have to look at my work because everyone's happy. I'm doing the job. And you can focus on other, other stuff. And then one day, the before that uh, test, he starts looking at things. What are you doing right now? I said, okay, we're inputting this capability. What? It's a few days before this, this test and so on. What are you doing? And they start checking in. Like, let's say we, everything I did was documented. Every change, every capability, everything we, we did was documented, but it was not documented like in uh, all these uh, thick documents, which are uh, structured and so on. We did these things in a way that would enable us to later on pull all the documentation out and organize it, mm-hmm. uh, automated, in automated fashion. So we said after we do the uh, delivery, we can finish to make all the documentation perfect. Right now, what's important is just do, to make a robust system with as many capabilities as possible. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy just looks at it and says, what are you doing? This is not how it's done. And let's say he just, uh, <laughs> I left the group. That's it. I yeah. just I couldn't go with this one. I just, the project, from the project, they said oh, he's great. They were ecstatic. They wanted me to work there and so on. But I just uh, said, okay, this is enough for me. Just, I've had enough and uh, made this delivery. Now let's give someone else the reins and to go on with product. Yeah. Uh, but what you said is the, the pain of most corporations is that they are not structured like a Tesla. They yeah. have this hierarchy. You can't do anything that your boss doesn't like, your direct boss. While with Tesla, if your direct boss doesn't like something, but you do, and you think you're right, you can fight it. Yeah. You, you don't need to take no as an answer. You can yeah. go along with it if you think you're right. Yeah. I, I guess that the bottom line there, um, there has to be someone making a decision and so on. But uh, you can't go fight things and so on because if you are wrong, yeah. Decision is made, you have free reign to find the right decision, essentially. You're trusted yeah. to find the right decision, you know, and that's, yeah. and I 100% agree with you. I think the one of the very interesting things about that is that, you know, that takes a certain level, like you don't, for, for you to be successful in that scenario, you, you don't, you can't have an ego. So you can't be somebody who's like, I'm always right, or I think I got the right answer. So that, that gets deleted the second you walk into the company, <laughs> you know, that's one. And then you also are surrounded by, by leadership and people that, that drive teams that reinforce that. So that's, you know, they have a lot of folks that are almost natural leaders or understand, you know, not, not every single person's like that, obviously, because it's impossible to have hundred percent of the population to be like that. And those that aren't get rooted out of the company or are coached to, to sort of perform in that in that in that way but and that's what's really interesting is that it's always down to you know an individual 
in this case, like a, like a manager or somebody like a leader that you encounter that that you had, where it could completely destroy the DNA or or any sort of like uh, culture that enables uh, the the people to be empowered to find the right solution. You know, and uh, that's I agree with you 100% that this is the bane of of, of like corporations, and I I I, I would say like over 80%, well over 80% of companies, in my opinion, I think uh, would benefit dramatically by entrusting their people more. That that just just you know hire the right person, of course, like like invest time in hiring, but empower, empower. You know, I don't know if you agree with that statement or not, but I just feel like if if yeah, that's fully, you know, yeah, fully agree. Yeah, it's pretty wild stuff. But um, anyway, I know we're uh, we're almost an hour and a half in. Um, I know you wanted uh, th there was a little bit of a Nikola uh, Tesla story that I'm curious to oh. hear. Did you, did you want to share that before we wrap this up? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, basically, it's from the time when I went to grad school. Okay. Uh, I was just about my first year in studying and studied aerospace and. We had this physics course, and there were two groups that <clears throat> two professors giving this, this course. One of them was the hotshot that also wrote some of the books and so on, topic and so on. And the other was a very, very old man. And most people went to this hotshot because he taught you all the uh, formulas and he wrote the book and so on. And he went straight to the um, topic and told you everything about it. And while I and another friend of mine were among a very, very small group who went to this older guy. And he told stories all the time, mm. which means like he, for example, there was one time he came in this sweater and he told us in the, moment, in the middle, uh, you think I came in a sweater because it's cold. It's not cold. I came here because I want to teach you about, teach you about static electricity. And he took this um, transparent film, this plastic film, and started rubbing it on his belly and so on. Like very happy, like it was like, like a very small child, very happy, beaming when he's rubbing it on his belly. So and then he puts it and you see the static electricity moving something. Says okay, and then after this story, after he demonstrated it, he starts telling us about what static static electricity is, and goes later on into the governing equations and so on, and how how you calculate it, and so on. And it was amazing. Like he told us, for example, a story. He said that when he was uh, a, ch a child, he was very curious, and he did an experiment that until this day, he is the only one that knows the results. He took a fork and stuck it, a fork or um, maybe a nail, and stuck it into the electrical socket. And he learned two things. One, that electricity is dangerous. And the other, his, and the other that nobody else in the world knows is why this, the entire block had a power out, a power outage for a few days okay so he told <laughs> lots of stories and it was fun it was fun studying with such a professor <laughs> but one of the stories he told us was that while he was a student himself it's very old while, while he was a student he uh, this professor came from serbia 
while he was a student, they made collections, they collected money to send to Nikola Tesla to the United States because Tesla was very poor at the time and so on. And he was their compatriot. So they made collections to send money to him. And it was very touching. And he taught us all about Tesla and things that they did and so on. And the entire courses, electricity and so on. So AC, AC, DC and so on. Mm-hmm. All this about Tesla and about Edison and so on. And he gave us all these stories and this was so much fun studying. And from when you study something and you learn it, it's much better than just going to the equations because yeah. you understand it. You understand what happens. And you also, it's even more, it spurs your curiosity and you take it with you. You become, like, I'm an engineer, you become a better engineer with time because you know that you don't need to look at the equation. You need to understand what happens. And it's interesting. It's very interesting what happens. It's a story. So basically, if you look at back to that course when we came at the end of the semester there were these exams and I got 100% it's till 100 I got 100 my nice. friend that studied with me and, and got a 96 and our entire group got our average uh, our average scores were much much higher from that group with that hatchet from the professor because this guy, he just taught us to think. He taught us to understand things. And the moment there were questions in the exams that were different from what we were taught. And this was the case because normally they had these, these questions in previous semesters that were very much like what we studied. Right. In our semester, they were, they were a bit different. Things that were not exactly what we studied, but we had to think. And we just knew how to think. Yeah. We just knew how to approach it. Because it's just all these stories that we heard. And so all of us got great grades with this uh, course. That's awesome. And later on, in, after I graduated and so on, in later years, every time I went to these, the university, I would try to visit him. And one here told me, I don't teach anymore. And I asked him why. He said, the students say that I tell too many stories. Really? Yeah. It's emotional here. Wow. Man. So anyway, this one professor that changed my life, I think, because he taught me that engineering is fun. And it's interesting in the story. It's such a shame that people just, it's like, like in business, people want to get results right now instead of understanding the physics and so on. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons that Tesla is so successful is that they want the story. They say, okay, there is a problem with EVs that we need batteries. Okay, we need more batteries than in the, in the entire world produces. Okay, can this be done? Why? What's stopping us from making this and so on? And let's build a business plan for it and so on. Uh, what's stopping us from making FSD? We need the right. data. Let's take every car, collect the data and so on. Right. And they don't just think about, okay, let's do these equations for to get profit now. 
they're looking in the long run and try to see the governing, governing equations and what real problems and setbacks are and going this way. Um, yeah. Basically, I don't remember the name of this professor anymore. I have to check, but really yeah. sorry about that. But really, every time I think about it, about him, he changed my life. Yeah, it's such a beautiful story. I mean, that is that is the thank you for sharing that, because that is such a perfect example of how how a good teacher is worth his or or her weight in gold. They truly are. They are they are the true builders of civilization. A good teacher, you know, and if and if you have somebody that can mentor you and inspire you, it doesn't matter how. Like there's so many different ways to teach properly. And it's such a shame that that he couldn't continue that because they found his methods, whatever, like like not good or whatever. But that is so I, that's such a shame that happened. But the fact that you at least got to experience his his mentorship and his teaching is is it's kind of like a blessing. It really is. And and I you know I'm sure you feel very lucky and and obviously you're, you're very emotional and passionate about that. So thank you so much for sharing that story. And I couldn't agree more with you. A good teacher is just so important. So important. I, I think one one of the things that uh, I found interesting in your videos, and I think also Joe Justice. Uh, one of the things you said is that Tesla teaches people how to think. Yes. How to solve problems. I mean, not they don't teach you how to solve a certain equation. You're expected to find that in yourself. Yeah. What they teach you is how to approach problems. Yep. And what they teach you is that anything that physics and they allow everything that physics permit can be solved. And if you think hard enough and maybe you share your data and your insights with other people together, you can form a solution to something that was previously unsolvable. Yep. And I think that you and Joe and everyone else that leaves Tesla is a different person than the one that entered Tesla. So true. And you have much more capabilities, much more abilities, and much more uh, knowledge of how potent and how capable you are and can be. Yeah. And uh, I think that throwing these seeds into the world, we will see lots and lots of startups and companies forming all around us that wouldn't be possible without this mentorship. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. What you said about my good teacher, you're the better teacher. Huh. I, don't, I don't know about that. I think, I think, uh, I think teachers definitely teach differently, but I but I agree with you 100%. I think that's what I'm personally most excited about is seeing the people that I've met through that company once their once their uh, journey is over at Tesla and they decide to move on, then like you said, they're gonna make some incredible things for society and civilization, and they they've learned so many lessons through that furnace. Almost, you know, it's it's it really is like a thing where it's just so so intense, and it's it's you know we have a thing where we say you know we throw people to the fire, like basically, hey, yeah, figure out how to dance on those coals, you know, you got to figure out how to make it happen, you know. So it's a very fascinating thing, but yeah, man, it's I'm very lucky, and I think a lot of people that work there feel the same way, and, and I can't wait to see that next generation come through but um thank you so much for this discussion my goodness that was a that was a 
We have some very intense topics there, especially around AI. And I, I love the story you shared here at the end about uh, about your your teacher and your mentor. But um, you're welcome back anytime. Anytime you want to come back and uh, deep dive some more topics, I would love to have you back on. But thank you so much again. Love your channel. Really love the way uh, you, you do your channel and how in-depth you get with topics. And you hit them from very uh, unique angles. And it's, it's obvious that it's a labor of love. And it's something that you really spend a lot of time doing and building for us. So I want to thank you again for doing all that work. And thank you for spending time with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm also a very big fan of your channel. I have Thank lots you. of insights from there. It's really great. Uh, Thank you very much for having me. I had fun. I have to yeah, me it's too. Great. Me too. Yeah, I love I love talking about the future, and I love I love hearing different uh, different ways of how people sort of arrive to conclusions. And I think yours, um, I think I would love for your future to happen. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it if that happens. Yeah, and, uh, yeah it's going to be a great thing. But yeah, man, thank you.